0: This episode of the Golf Science Lab podcast is sponsored by Rapsodo. Rapsodo makes an affordable mobile launch monitor for any golfer. We all know that to get better, we need better feedback when practicing. And Rapsodo gives you just that. Things like distance, club head speed, ball speed, launch angle, and some really valuable information to help you play your best They have put this thing up against some of the best launch monitors and have seen really good results when comparing it. It's accurate. I've tested it. We've done some videos. You can go check out what we've seen and all the details over on our YouTube channel. Use the discount code GSL for a really good discount. That is the discount code GSL or click the link on the post that goes along with this podcast. All right, let's get into it. Welcome back to our Ball Striking podcast series. Today we are talking to Mike Malaska and holy cow, this podcast is really good. If you're looking for like super specific things that you can go do to start hitting the golf ball better, specific exercises, make sure to listen in. There're two specific things that he talks about. He has good stories, he has good practice games. And I love his mindset that he that he brings to this. I really 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 enjoyed this. So, Mike Malaska, he is a, one of the top instructors for such a long time. Such a wealth of experience and knowledge. There is a lot to learn from him. So, Let's get into this. Make sure to throw open that notes app or whatever you're going to do to remember some of this, because there are a few things you're going to want to go do the next time you are out practicing. So, let's get into it with Mike. All right, so we're excited to sit down with Mike Malaska. Mike, we're talking ball striking, and I guess the first question for me is like, what does a good good ball striking mean to you, or like, what does it mean? when someone has that attribute as a golfer?
1: Well, you know, when you look at it, I was lucky and fortunate to play a lot and uh, played a lot on PGA Tour, on the tour and tour events and watched Trevino's and Nicholas and Hale Irwin and Watson and, and some of those players. I, I spent a lot of time, you know, obviously watching Hogan and all of those on videos. And I, I think that, uh, first of all, to be able to play the game, you have to be able to hit the ball in the center of the face and control some things and learn how to make those things work before you can really ever play golf. So unfortunately, uh, most people, because they're focused on a lot of other things, never really learn how to control what the ball is doing. They, they try to learn how to control their body, but they don't really understand the numbers they're trying to get, what they're trying to do with the ball. So their practice time is a lot of time spent, uh, I guess if we were skaters and they were going to give you a 10.6 for your style points, that might be worth spending a significant amount of time, but they don't seem to do that. So, you know, there's a few common things that the great ball strikers have. And obviously, the better you hit the ball, the more control you have of it, the more you can plan what you want to do and the better chance to play better golf.
0: So ball flight control to you, it's like if you can control your ball flight, does that mean shot shape? You what know, interesting,
1: you? people don't understand the importance of trajectory. You know, so like when I use, I mean, all the time when I practice now, I use I use Rap Soto's uh, MLM launch monitor, and I've always used in the last 10 years, I guess, most of the time, a launch monitor to see exact trajectories. And the reason for that is if you hit two balls with the exact same ball speed, one launches at 15 degrees and one launches at 13 degrees, you're gonna get two total different distance carries. Okay, so consistent distance, which is what you're after, is tied to launch angle. Well, if you hit a ball and you're not quite sure how it launched, so if you don't know if it launched, well, it was somewhere between 12 and 16. I go, okay, that's between 150 and 160-yard carry. I mean, that's how much difference that launch angle can have. So being able to have access now to launch monitors that can help us when you practice, to start to dial in, you know, exactly the trajectory you're hitting a ball on because that's a big part of controlling your distance. So uh, now curve obviously has something to do with it. But when you look at the, the tour players, most of the time, if they miss, they miss right and left. They don't miss long and short much. So they're very good at dialing in distances. They can hit a ball and the minute they hit it, I mean, I can hit one and hit it, and look at the trajectory and whatever club I have, as soon as I see it, I could tell you within a yard or two how far it's going to carry.
0: Let's talk launch angle, because I would bet a lot of folks have never like paid attention to launch angle. And I will say from personal experience, it is, it is difficult to control, right? It's, I don't think it's an easy one. So like, how do you go about helping someone? Is it controlling launch angle? Is that what you want to do? Or, or what are you trying to do with that?
1: Well yeah, you you know, first obviously you hit the ball solid. You want to try to find it in the center of the face. And once you can kind of do that, launch angle, you know, basically you've got loft in a club and then it's just what what loft do you present to the club when it hits the ball? Well, I start with people with little one arm pitch shots with just their right arm. And they they make a swing with just their right arm and they hit it. Now, what really happens is Relative to my hand, wherever my knuckles are relative to my wrist. So the further my knuckles are behind my wrist, when the club runs into the ball, that it presents a different loft to the face. So you start to feel with little pitch shots how to hit it low, how to hit it normal, how to hit it a little higher, how to hit a little higher. And then you you see a trajectory, and then you try to feel okay, what am I going to do to create that trajectory? And that's where most people miss is you don't start with full swings with a seven iron. You start with little chips and pitch shots or little 100-yard wedges that you're trying to control and see what those different flights are. And uh, it's very trainable. I mean, people just don't practice it. And again, not having technology to be able to hit it by the time you look up and be able to tell what launch angle it actually went on, it's hard to practice if you don't know whether you did what you're supposed to or not.
0: I couldn't agree more. I, I think it's something that, un, unless you actually have feedback that's telling you how you're doing, you don't know. It's just like if you're trying to hit it farther and you actually don't have a launch monitor behind you to tell you if you're hitting it farther, you don't actually know, right? So I, I think, yeah.
1: You know, I'll ask people a lot of times, I mean, you're on the range and they hit a ball and it goes out this is, well how far do you think that went? Or I'll say, well, how far is that flag? And I go, oh, that's about 130 yards and it's 150. I go, we only missed by 20 yards visually. And they hit a shot and I go, how far did that ball go? Well, it went 140 yards and it really went, you know, 125 or whatever. So you, you have to start to get, you need something that says when you hit a shot and you watch it you go okay that went this far so your eyes and your feel start to tune into what is actually 125 150 160 yards and i don't care what range you practice on it's hard to tell exactly how far the ball carries unless you have a launch monitor you have something that you can you know exactly where the distances are so you have to be constantly working these guys on tour i mean every ball they hit now, very few times are they practicing where they don't have a launch monitor sitting there. And they'll hit a shot and they, they hit it and they go, oh man, okay, that either felt good or it felt bad. I want to see. So what were my actual numbers on that one? And what did it actually do? So this, they're constantly compiling in their brain and in their eyes visual information about what's happened. And your brain's just a computer. So you're programming your computer to see something and then feel something relative to what you see. All right. So the better your computer gets at dialing in those variables and being able to say, okay, that, okay, it looks about this far. What are my, what's my actual distance? Okay. That's going to be about this hard. So now all of a sudden you're now it's the art form of golf. That's when you really can start to have fun playing the game. And that's what, you know, That's what I enjoy doing. I mean, I practice a little bit every day and I've got my launch monitor on and I'll pick a target and I'll say, okay, I'm going to try to launch this 7-iron at 15 degrees and I'm going to try to carry it 140 yards. So I'll hit one and I'll look at it. Oh man, that was, okay, let's do another one. All right, there it is. Okay, so that's what that feels like. And so, you know, it's a, again, you're constantly programming your visual and your, your whole computer as to what a shot should be. And uh, the, more, the more good information you get, now you get on the golf course and you have a shot. You get your yardage and you look at it and say, okay, I'm going to hit it this hard, hit it this far. I got this club. There's right? about how far I have to do that. So you, you, your memory, you would make adjustments and you think back and you feel what you had to do. And like I say, that's, that's why people miss the point that golf is an art form. You know, we, uh, golf is an artistic expression of you through a game. Now we have this marvelous onboard computer that can help us with what we're seeing and what we're feeling to create that art form and make it actually work. And uh, it's just marvelous the like I say, again, with, like with rap soda with this MLM, for the amount of money you spend, the information that it gives you, and what it can do for your practice time as opposed to just standing there and hitting balls. And the other great thing, too, about launch monitors now, okay, I'm sitting here in my studio. I can take a launch monitor in here, hit balls into that screen, and it gives me exact data. So I, can, I know what launch angle, I know my spin rates, I know how far it's carrying, I know how the ball's curving. I'm doing it indoors. So what it's also done is it's made practice accessible to everybody. You don't even have to go to a golf course. I mean, you can really learn how to play golf and never set foot on a golf course, which is, in, which is incredible.
0: So for you, is it about having that, that good feedback that most folks don't have when you're, when you're working on If you want to strike it better and you're practicing, you need to have feedback, which is telling you how you're doing on that journey.
1: Right. The more feedback you have and the more you understand the feedback. Now, you got to be careful because technology can also run you into the abyss where all of a sudden you've got so much information you can't even make a swing because now you've got oh, my angle of approach was two degrees too steep and my path was one degree off and my face is two degrees here and my swing tempo is this and my this, oh, you, you can go crazy with it. However, if you use it correctly, it's invaluable, you know, and if you don't get overlogged with too much information, but you, you use the information that you're, you're trying to get one thing, like we're trying to get face angle, so we're trying to get the ball to curve a certain amount or hit it a certain trajectory and you get that kind of dialed in then you go to something else and like i say with these launch monitors now you do it indoors into a net i sit right here in the morning i mean i just got through this morning i had a lesson and 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 i got through and i i turned on my my simulator and i hit a few balls and i went okay where's my where's my 75 yard wedge okay there it is there's the right launch tank okay how about 100 yards there it is You know, I hit maybe 20 or 30 balls and I'm dialed in right now. I could go to the golf course, walk out there. I know exactly what's going on. So it's invaluable to have immediate feedback. If you know how to read the feedback, it's going to do nothing but help you improve because then you know what went wrong or what went right.
0: You mentioned like tour pros. Maybe I use the word getting calibrated, right? Like they hit a shot and they're trying to calibrate where they're at. What numbers and what metrics are key in your mind? And, and maybe what do you think is, when do people get too overloaded, you know, with too much on a screen and too many numbers? Well,
1: when you look at the tour, I mean, there's all kinds of numbers now, and it's not just the tour. When you look at certain clubs, certain ball speeds, there's an optimum window, there's an optimum launch angle. And so if your launch angle is above or below that, then you're not taking advantage of the total distance and what the ball can ap- actually do and what you can do. So those numbers are available. I mean, you know, if, you, if you've got a, your pitching wedge, for instance, you want to be launching your pitching wedge below 30 degrees. Most people, when they hit their pitching wedge, launch it way above 30 degrees. And then you get to a seven iron and they launch their seven iron too low. So they got their, their longer irons are going too low and their higher irons are going too high. And what's interesting when you watch really good players their their launch angle window from their from their wedge to their 3 iron is really pretty tight. I mean it's not like this where their wedge goes like this and their 3 iron goes like this. It's you'd be surprised at how close those those launch angle windows are. So if you understand that and then you know what is optimum, then you can sit and practice and you can get a feel for when you make a swing and you hit a wedge if you're launching it at the right angle where you have a chance of being able to max out the distance that it's supposed to go.
0: So if we're to look at those optimum launch angles, does that work for everyone or does it not work for everyone? Or is there any kind of personalization?
1: It's pretty standard. You know, when you start looking, I mean, there's a a couple of degrees, but there's a tight enough window that you, that you go, okay, if I'm launching my seven iron at this height, then I'm probably going to be getting the most out of it within a degree or two. If I'm too high, if I'm three, four degrees too high or three, four degrees too low, my carry distance is going to be significantly less.
0: So if if I was going to go do some benchmarking, right, and I was going to go out and start testing myself to see how I was doing on this, I guess, what would you like to see? Because I know personally, like I have some inconsistency, right? Like you miss a shot, it goes under you know, and, and whatnot. Is, is there any kind of practice or training that you like? You mentioned kind of the, the one-handed pitch shots and, and whatnot, but if somebody goes out, they do a test, they see like, I'm not doing well at this like optimum launch angle thing. What, what do we do next?
1: Well, then that, that's learning and being able to practice where, which everybody should do this. And it's really interesting how few amateurs do what I'm going to tell you. And almost every tour player does it almost every single day. So as they warm up, they start hitting shots. And then I'll, then they'll say, okay, I'm going to hit this one. I'm going to hit this one fairly low, or I'm going to hit this one higher. And then I'm going to curve it to the right, and then I'm going to curve it to the left. So they sit there, and they get control of the face, and they get control of launch angles and windows. And they start, they start with that. And so what I would tell most people, I said, well, go out, take your 7-iron out, and get warmed up, and then just hit some hooks with it, hit some fades with it, hit it low, and hit it high, and start to feel how to make adjustments with your hands when you hit it to make the ball do different things it doesn't even have to be a full swing it doesn't have to be off the ground just do it off the tee because whoever has the base best face control wins at every freaking level and and it's interesting where the game has gotten to the point from the from the biomechanics part of it we're now it seems to me like that the industry is more focused on what your core is doing and all those kinds of things. When the reality is you play the game with your hands. So every game I've ever played basketball, baseball, and they're all played with your hands. You play golf with your hands, your hands hold the club. So these guys, these tour players, I mean, they can start a backswing. I could start my backswing and you could say high hook and I'd hit a high hook for you. And then I'd set up and I'd start my back swing, same back swing, same club at address, same ball position. You say low fade, whoop, hit a low fade. Because I can, you, when you tell me to do that, as I start back, my hands, I've trained my hands to know what to do with the club to hit those different shots. So, what a lot of people miss is that training of small motor skills, which your hands relative to this game are, are, what are going to make the club do what it's supposed to do. The club's not attached, attached to your hips or your shoulders. You hold it with your hands. So at the end of the day, whatever you do, your hands are the ones that are going to make the adjustments to make the face work.
0: You have this awesome video that I saw last night as I was, as I was prepping for this uh, with a few baseball players you're working with, Yeah, where you had them hit it to, to left field, right field, and then center field. Yeah, And I don't know how good of golfers they were, but they all did it with that feedback that you gave them and and this explanation was it was just we'll have to link it up because it was such as it was this great little experiment that you ran with them.
1: Those guys are all major league superstar hitters and they showed up and they're standing there and the ball's going everywhere. Now they can make a lot of bat speed but the balls going everywhere. So first thing we got their grip they got their hands on the club which fit them which by the way grips are different for everybody because it's all about your joints and how they line up under pressure. But once I got their hands on there, then we didn't look at they thought that the club, they saw the baseball bat as the shaft. Well, see the club shaft is not the baseball bat. The club face is the bat. So there's the heel, there's the handle of the bat, and the toe of the bat. So you want to hit it to right field, you want to hit it to center field, you want to hit it to left field. So since I got their hands on there, they understood that the face was the bat, the shaft wasn't, so they're not trying to hit it with the shaft, they're trying to hit it with the face. I mean, it was absolutely incredible. I mean, these guys can hit a 100-mile-an-hour fastball. And if you tell them I'm going to throw a 100-mile-an-hour fastball and they know the location, it's like batting practice. They'll go, what field do you want me to hit it to? It's, it's, it's incredible. So all of a sudden, these guys, once, once they started to calibrate their hands, and I said, okay, hit some hooks, hit some fades, hit it low, then all of a sudden I said, okay, now start adding speed to it. It was amazing how good they could hit it really quick. I mean, real quick. It, it's a stationary ball. I mean, it should be easier, not harder.
0: Well, here, here's something else I think people get afraid of. They're thinking like, all right, if I want to be a good ball striker, I have to hit it consistently, so I got to find a shop shape and like hit that every time. And they get afraid to experiment and gain awareness by doing things like that, where I've always found that great players are doing things to gain awareness of what it feels like to left field or right field, Right to do that. And so I loved that concept of gaining awareness of what these things felt like. So you could hit it straight, right?
1: No question. I mean, uh, when I used to do the Nicholas Flick golf schools, we've had thousands and thousands of people that would come to that school and we'd have them one thing in the practice. We'd have them take a seven iron and we'd have them stand there and then it's okay. Get your grip. Okay. Now I'll hit a hook and now I'll hit it to the right. Doesn't matter how much we just feel that feels like you'd always get somebody in the group that would say, I have a question. What's your question? Uh, You know, I didn't come to a golf school to learn how to hit it crooked. And and my, my answer to that was, well, listen, if you can't make it go crooked on purpose, you're never gonna find straight. And if you do get it straight and it starts to go crooked, you're not gonna know how to fix it. So the reality of just exactly what you said, by standing there being aware of what makes it go right, what makes it go left, what makes it go high, what makes it go low, then as you're playing, if the ball's not doing what you want it to do, you can can start to make adjustments. And golf is about emotion and adjustments. And it's learning to read yourself and be able to make those adjustments as you're playing relative to what's happening with your game. Now, if you can't make adjustments, you can't play the game because you're you're stuck in, I'm just gonna make this swing and if it works, great. And if it doesn't, I don't know what I'm gonna do. Well, you know, it changes you know as a round goes I ask any tour player does your swing feel the same on the first tee as it felt on the 18th tee? no absolutely not oh so you mean it changes during a round Oh, well, for sure it does well how do you deal with that uh it's a, you know I just do well they've learned they've practiced those things so they know how to make those adjustments amateurs don't are afraid to
0: So, so maybe we've, we've uncovered here that a great ball striker has good awareness of their face control, right? Is that, is that maybe something?
1: They have an unbelievable awareness of face path trajectory control because they've practiced every one of them. They figured out, how do I hit a five iron low? How do I hit it high? How do I curve it left? How do I curve it? Right? How do I hit my driver high? How do I curve it? You know, they, they practice those, those things for hours, you know, so they have such an awareness of what's going on that even if they make a bad swing, what happens is their computer, because they've hit so many shots, they make a bad swing and their hands go, uh-oh, we're out of position, we got to catch the face up. I mean, so they, they'll make a bad swing and still hit the ball fairly well. Well, that's because their sense is the club's out of position they've you, they've learned how to catch it up so their hands make a last minute correction faster than you can think your reflexes work significantly quicker than your mind can process information so once you trigger things and you learn things you make a swing if it's a little off your brain will make a correction a lot faster than you can think through the process i mean a swing only takes 2 seconds so you don't have a lot of time to think about a lot so it's all about feel and reaction to forces.
0: It's so interesting to me and, and maybe frustrating that so many golfers don't learn from their mistakes or don't learn from their errors when in fact that is where the learning is. And so many people get stuck trying to be perfect, right? Because everything you're talking about and describing is like not being, we're not trying to be perfect robots, right? We're, we're trying to be people that can adapt, to, to all these different things, and so it, it's it's great. Like I don't know enough golfers that have this mindset that you've described here. Unfortunately, <laughs> more people should, right?
1: <laughs> well, perfect is not possible. For, for instance, and and if you would say, oh, I want a perfect golf swing, I had I won't tell you who it was. A very uh, notable person that I worked with that went from a high, fairly you know mid teen handicap down to a low single digit, and you know, was playing really well. And he said, I mean, I noticed he was a little unhappy with what was going on. I'm going, well, what are you, what's wrong? He says, well, I want a perfect swing. And I went, okay. And I knew what he didn't like in his swing, but there's physical parameters also. And so I said, I said to him, I said, well, listen, first of all, I'm not quite sure what perfect is. Cause I don't think I've ever seen it. I've seen some phenomenal ball star. I watched Tiger in 2000. I stood right behind him at Pebble Beach and watched him warm up Saturday and Sunday for the U.S. Open at Pebble Beach, which may be a front row seat to the best ball striking in the history of golf, okay? So, you know, standing right there, being able to watch what he was doing and and watch what the ball was doing was incredible and watch what he could do with it. You know, so that's one of those things where, you know, people miss out on all of that. And what that did for me is I was able to see just how well a golf ball can be struck by a human being. I mean, that was one of the most incredible things I've ever seen. And I've been around Nicholas and I've watched Trevino and I've watched all these guys. And that was a level of consistency that, I mean, it was incredible. I mean, just uh, now and there's a guy who if you ask him and watch how he practices and you listen to some of the things he's talking about. Now, they they did a bunch of interviews with him and they said, so, Tiger, you're going to hit a wedge. You're going to do this. So when you worked on your swing. So what do you really work on? He says, my hands control my club. At the end of the day, my hands make the club face work. So I'm constantly, I trust my hands. Under pressure, I trust my hands. Well, why does he trust his hands? Because he's trained his hands to do whatever he wants the ball to do. And so then under pressure, he sees a shot, he feels it in his hands. He's hit it a thousand times and he just goes up and lets this do it. So that whole training process, again, we get back to launch monitors and curving the ball and having fun with hitting shots in my opinion, is one of the most important parts of learning how to play golf. Not just standing there, as you said, and making the same swing over and over and over again. I mean, there is something to be said about repetition, but unfortunately, golf is an environment where you never get the same shot twice. So there's constant variables. The land changes, the light changes a little bit, the wind changes a little bit, the ball's sitting different in the grass. You feel different emotionally. You know, the angles are different. It's a a downhill lie to an uphill green. I mean, there's so much more that goes on in golf than goes on in basketball, baseball, football, tech, because those are controlled environments. Everything's kind of the same all the time, you know, so that's another reason that you have to learn to adjust.
0: So kind of what you what you described there maybe is that a great ball striker doesn't necessarily care about how their swing looks. They're caring about how they hit it, where they hit it on the club face. They care about the ball flight. What other metrics or, or anything would you want to look at instead of looking at how a swing looks necessarily?
1: Well, it's, uh, it's and then it's the ability to hit it a certain distance, to control distance. So, you know, I, I Johnny Miller, I got to watch him practice a lot back when Miller was in his heyday right after he'd won the U.S. Open. He used to practice occasionally at a course that I was at. And one day I asked him, there was about a hundred yard shot. I said, so Johnny, what club are you going to hit to that flag? There's no wind, there's nothing in front of, what do you hit? He says, I have 14 clubs I can hit to that flag. And I said, no, you don't understand the question. I said, so, you know, you're just standing here. There's nothing in front, it's 105 yards or whatever it was. What club are you going to hit? He says, I told you I have 14 clubs I can hit to that flag. And I'm going, this guy's not getting my question. I said, no, you don't understand the question. So he stops takes his putter out and he tees his putter up and he makes a full swing, bink, hits his putter and it carried right to the flag. Sand wedge, pitching wedge, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one iron, four wood, three wood driver. Every one of them he made a full swing and hit it and it carried right to the flag. And I'm watching him and I'm thinking, okay, still not getting my question. So at the end of the little exhibition, he looks at me and I said, well, you still didn't answer my question. He goes, yes, I did. That's why I do what I do and you do what you do now i went oh that was a little you know whatever (laughs) but the reality that what you just asked me when i watch people can you take a seven iron and make it go 110 yards 120 yards 150 whatever your max is can you take a five iron or can you take your driver and make a full swing and hit it 100 yards hit it 150 yards hit it 200 yards So the ability to see a club and control speed is also incredibly important because golf is not always on or off. See, most of the time it's between. So how are you going to take a few miles an hour off? How are you going to add a few miles an hour to a shot? So if you don't practice those things and you don't have that awareness, you know, I, I guess you go out and flip a coin and you just hope that it happens, you know, and if it does, you look at your club and blame your club. I mean, that seems to be how more, oh, the wind got it or, oh, I had a bad light. No, you don't know what you're doing.
0: How do you recommend practicing that? How do I gain that skill?
1: Well, again, again, it starts with just getting on the range and standing there, taking a club out and make a full swing and hit your seven iron, a hundred yards. I mean, Davis loves dad made him do that for hours with his driver. He had to start with a full swing and hit his driver a hundred yards. Then a full swing and hit at 125 and then a full swing and hit at 150 and so he he learned how to control speeds and be able to sense the club and where it was at any speed and make it go at a target and i i see people i mean it's it drives me crazy because i watch people practice at one speed full speed and they go well i'm only hitting my seven iron i go it doesn't matter or my nine iron it doesn't matter you're swinging at full speed it's Well, I'm not hitting my driver. It doesn't matter, you're swinging at full speed. And at full speed, you're into what they call reflex. At that point, your body's just reacting and it's doing what you've always done. You're really not learning much. You're imprinting, if you like what you're doing, you're imprinting it. But if you're trying to make a change, you have to go slower speeds, control what you're trying to control and feel how it all fits together. That's why hitting different shots with different clubs is critical because you start to understand how you're moving relative to the club what the face is doing because it's going at a speed where you have a chance of actually understanding it
0: i absolutely love that i i couldn't be more of a fan I, I i was introduced to that idea from from Lynn and Pia with some of their tempo exercises of oh yeah doing a 10% and 110% and you know ran- randomizing that and I can tell you I've gotten some strange looks at driving ranges doing that <laughs> and, and folks don't get it.
1: Well, you know, people ask me, I mean, I've been at our club for 20 some odd years and they watch me practice. They go, don't you ever hit it hard? I go, <laughs> not, not well, I said, I don't understand. What, what does that have to do with practice? You know, because really you learn more at about full swing, just enough speed where there's enough momentum and force there where you can kind of feel how everything fits together. Now, more speed is a little more swing and a couple of little things, but I, I don't need to swing at full speed. I mean, I'll do it a little bit just to keep my speed up. So if I'm trying to practice speed or I'm I'm trying to, to uh, stimulate fast twitch muscle fiber, okay, then I'll dial some up and I'll go at them hard. But if I'm working on my swing, I, I'm not in a big rush to see how far I can hit my seven iron. I'm more about how much control and feel and what can I actually make this thing do Then I can add the speed to make it go different distances if I have control. Speed with no control is disaster. That's what I don't like about where golf is going now, where they're talking. It's all about how far you hit your driver. You need more clubhead speed. I go, well, that's like putting somebody on a ski hill and saying, OK, I know you're not very good, but we're going to ski on the double black diamond run with the big moguls because more speed is going to make it a lot better. You're going to make you a better skier. Now, well, people would go, well, oh, no, 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 there's no way I'm going to do that. I'll kill myself. OK, the same thing happens in golf. When you go to full speed with a club, it's a double black diamond run. Do you have that much edge control where you can handle that, that run? Most people don't. So it really isn't doing them any much good to make them swing harder if they don't have control at a slower speed.
0: Man, that is fantastic. Gosh, this has been, some of these points are amazing. I'm going to link up that video to that you did with those, those baseball players. Cause that was awesome. Where else should people go if they want to see some of your other content that you've been putting out? Just go to
1: molaskagolf.com or they okay. go, go to YouTube and just type in my name. And there's about a thousand somewhat videos out there. You know, I actually, you know, I, It's a little confusing to some degree, but there's a lot of information. They get an idea of where I'm coming from.
0: Awesome. Hey, Mike, this was fantastic. Folks, I have a ton to take away from here. I appreciate the time. Thank you so much.
1: Oh, no, I I appreciate the opportunity. And, uh, you know, I hope it helps people play a little bit better golf.